Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the uh, podcast today. Gun control, that's my topic. You know, we uh, live in a day when people of all backgrounds think that by just taking a gun away from a person, they have achieved a degree of gun safety and community safety. And you know what? The data doesn't stack up with it. Data doesn't support that. So what I'd like to do today is just kind of bring to your attention a very well-known experiment, social experiment, if you will, that was implemented by the Australians as an attempt to control the use of guns and reduce the amount of murders and suicide rate among its people. Did it work? That's the question. Was it worth the $700 million expended for that particular program? That's the question. Well, here's the background to it that you need to understand and put into context. It was April 28, 1996. That's one of the dates of history that uh, shook the world, not just the Australian people. The town was Port Arthur, and in that particular town on that day, 35 people ended up dead, and 23 people ended up seriously wounded. It was a brutal rampage on the part of a gentleman who was, I guess, mentally deranged, I guess at the time, and engaged in one of the worst mass shootings Australia has ever seen. And as a result of this, probably the island will never be the same again, but it's also one of the worst mass shootings in the world. So let's take a look at that. Obviously what happens, politicians then get on their high horse right after an event like that. And it happens here in America too. Politicians get on a high horse and say, okay, now we're going to control guns. We're going to take guns away from people. And we're going to therefore create a safe world. We've seen that in America. We've seen that in Australia. And we've seen that in other countries. It just takes a spark of the use of a gun that we don't like, that we think should have been prevented, and then use that as a basis to take guns away from everybody. Well, here's what the uh, Australian Parliament did. In response to this, this shows you the mentality of the politicians, whether in Australia or they're in America. The same kind of mentality. It's a simple mentality. I don't know if it's stupid or dumb, but it's certainly simple. Simple thinking. They came up with what is called the National Firearms Agreement. FNA. National Firearms Agreement. That was a buyback program. And they offered a certain sum of money to everybody that would turn in a gun. So, um... That was the main backbone of this particular you know, program. They also instituted licensing requirements, and they had a national firearms registry, and you had to wait 28 days before you can, get, you can purchase a gun after you applied for one, and so on. So that's what they did. Well, here's what happened. 700,000 firearms were handed over to the government. That cost the government $700 million to pay taxpayers for those guns. The entire country participated. And because of that, Australia has become the poster child for gun control, thinking that that was really the answer to gun control and to reduce murder rates and reduce these kinds of mass murders that triggered this particular event. Joe Biden and Obama and many of the other political leaders and presidents and so on grabbed a hold of this idea and said, we need here in America to have a national firearms agreement too without really looking at the data without really looking at the facts as to whether this was a program that was of value or not so let's take a look at what kind of some of the uh, findings are now just before this thing was uh, 
firearms agreement was instituted. There was already a drop in the number of murders taking place in Australia. So you have to take that into account. It was it was already happening. They had all these guns and nobody took any of the guns away and the murder rate was reducing for some reason. You think they would study why that was the case? Why was gun murder rates reducing at that point in time? No, they didn't study that. All they came up with is idea take more guns away from people. So that's the first thing. Secondly, um, take a look at the evidence. No study, no study of this particular strategy found a significant impact on the pre-existing downward trend in firearm homicides. Here's what they're saying. There was already a drop taking place, and they went and took away all these guns, 700,000 of them, and it didn't make any difference at all on the drop that was taking place even before that. High expenditure in this buyback program, and there was no tangible reduction in terms of firearm deaths. Now, a study uh, of this in California and Hawaii uh, compared to um, Idaho and New Hampshire. Now, California and Hawaii have the strictest laws in the use of firearms. Chicago does too, by the way. Uh, California and Hawaii are some of the strictest states, most stringent gun control laws in America. On the other hand, Idaho and New Hampshire have the freest firearm laws on the book. So let's compare these four states. California and Hawaii, the homicide rate, 4.8 per 100,000 for California, 3.1 per 100,000 for Hawaii. So about three or four, three, almost three to five uh, homicides occur per 100,000 due to guns. On the other hand, two states that have the freest laws on the books regarding gun control, they had a 2.3 per 100,000, that's Idaho, and 1.8 per 100,000, that's New Hampshire. So the states that had the freest gun control laws, that is very open and very uh, friendly to gun use, had the lowest murder rates. And those that had the highest murder rates were those states that had very, very stringent gun control. Now, you can add Chicago to that, you know, as well. And the rates are also, you know, very, very high. What happened in Australia that this particular program failed to reduce homicide. It failed to reduce suicide. It failed to reduce unintentional firearm deaths. And it's even questionable whether it reduced mass shootings. Now, those are rare anyway, so they're hard to keep track of. So, despite the National Firearms Agreement in Australia, still violent crimes occur in Australia. And they occur at about the same rate that they did before that particular act went into effect. Interesting, isn't it? There's still a black market for guns. It's estimated that 250,000 firearms are in criminal hands in Australia in 2013, years after that mass shooting and the stringent effects of buying firearms by the government went into effect. All the 19... 96 reform did was alienate every single law-abiding gun owner in Australia and it wasted taxpayers money. So really, whether it's Australia or anywhere else, focus the attention on the criminals and let's get their guns. Forget the non-criminal population. They're doing fine. They're doing well. They're safe. So the National Firearms Association reveals it to be a very ineffective program. Yet, Mr. Biden and Harris and many of the Democrats still would like to see that program instituted here in America. Why take a failed program in one country and apply it in another country, particularly when the two countries are different from each other? 
They're not even the same. We have a constitution and we have bylaws. They don't. They don't have bylaws. So the two countries aren't even equivalent. And you can't compare the use of firearms in one as compared to the other or the amount of gun-related deaths in one as compared to the other. So that's not the answer. If you're interested in gun control, don't look to Australia. Don't look to the gun mine scheme. It's just a waste of money. And our government enjoys wasting money right now. They're in a wasting money mode. Don't give them that idea. Let's move beyond that. Guns are a national resource in the same way that oil is a national resource. We need to respect our oil. We need to respect our guns. We need to manage our oil. We need to manage our guns. We need to use our oil appropriately and, pro and properly, and we need to use our guns appropriately and properly. Guns are a natural resource. Let's not take our resources away. Let's utilize our resources. Let's respect our resources. Let's honor our resources, and let's have them for the future and for our, our future history so that guns become part of our country, not only in the past, but also now in the future. It's a mandate of respect. It's a mandate of proper utilization, not confiscation. Hey, thanks for joining me today. And um, let this kind of stimulate you to think a little bit in this area of gun control. So um, give your own thoughts to it. Talk about it with others. Share this with other people as well so that you become the voice of reason for the people with whom you associate on this particular topic. Be wise and may our government be wise. Bye for now.